This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. We've been talking for the last couple of weeks on the topic of healing. Has anyone been here for some of these? Maybe you've watched online. Talking about healing, this is our third week uh, discussing this topic. And you've got to realize how fundamental healing is to this church and in really even my family's lives it's not uh just something that we think is a cute thing to talk about or uh just something that you know is fuzzy and inspirational i mean it is a building block it is a cornerstone to everything that we do around here and uh you know a lot of you remember know my story of being healed of leukemia when i was three uh, my dad being healed of uh cancer a couple years ago uh we've seen miracles after miracles after miracles and uh and and so you're too late to tell us that jesus doesn't heal that's just the fact of the matter you're too late to tell us that jesus is not the healer and so the title of tonight's message is this Five hindrances to healing. Five hindrances to healing. Um, in, in our first week kind of studying this topic, uh, we really looked at uh, how Jesus is totally able to heal, but also willing. Because there's a lot of people that realize, well, yeah, he's able, he's God, he can do anything. But at the same time, they don't know that he's willing, and they don't know that it's his will to heal you. And you have to get that established in your heart. Well, I wouldn't just say what God's will is. Well, how about Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so if it wasn't his will for us to be healed and healthy, why would he say something like that or first peter 2 24 where it says by jesus stripes and wounds we've been healed when jesus was beaten that paid the price for your healing if you took a beating for somebody to receive something wouldn't it be your will that they actually receive it Right? I mean, if I pay the price and buy you a gift and I sacrificed, I saved up, I spent all my money just so you could have this present and I give it to you and you're like, I don't think you really want me to have it though. I know you paid for it, but I don't really want you, I don't think you really want me to have it. I'd be like, you're crazy. I gave everything for this. I want you. It is my will for you to receive what I have paid for. Jesus paid for our healing. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. The price has been paid. And again, we could go on proving that point all night, but then I wouldn't get to the message tonight. So um, last week we looked at different ways of receiving healing. We looked at Bible ways of receiving healing. I mean, there was the gifts of the Spirit. There was standing on the Word, which is the surefire. Uh, there was uh, being anointed with oil by the elders of the church. Uh, there's lots of different things we looked at last week. But this week, I've been really wanting to talk about this. You need to know that there are hindrances, blocks, blockades uh, to us receiving healing. And I want to talk about that. There is a mini book. We don't have it in the bookstore, but it's by uh, Kenneth Hagin Jr., okay? Uh, he was my pastor when I lived in uh, Oklahoma going to Raymond Bible College. But uh, he wrote this book called Seven Hindrances to Healing. And I don't want to cut you guys short, but I'm going to give you five tonight. How's that sound, all right? I, we can't do seven in 30 minutes. Come on. No, we can't. That's not even. So, uh, but five tonight. And, and a lot of the points that I'm giving you are from that book, but not all of them. Uh, and so, anyway, that's a great book that I recommend you looking up, but we're going to look at 
five hindrances to healing tonight because it's very frustrating when you know you've been promised something and when you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do, but the answer isn't coming. If there is a clog in the blessing pipe somewhere, wouldn't you like to know what it is so you can remove it? So you can receive the blessing that Jesus has for you, all right? And so, as I've said every week, I'm going to be talking real fast because we don't have a lot of time, and I want to fit a lot of things into about 29 minutes now. So who thinks we can do this? All right, well, some of you are very, you've got faith. I appreciate that. All right, so let's pray, and we're going to dig into the Word of God. Take notes, write the verses down. Let's do this, because you need to know the Word of God on healing right now. Well, I ain't feeling sick. Hey, you don't wait to study on healing until you're feeling sick. You do it beforehand, and then when the attack comes, you're ready. Amen? The best time to prepare for war is not after the battle started. It's way before then, okay? All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that we have got your word uh, tonight, and I pray that we will listen up in Jesus' name, Lord. Help us to stay focused on what you're telling us, and Lord, help us to establish in our hearts that it is your will for us to be healed, healthy, and whole. And Lord, if you point out things to us tonight that we need to change, things that we need to do different so we can absolutely be free-flowing in the spirit and in the blessings you have for us. Help us to make those changes tonight. Tell us the truth, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, five hindrances to healing, and I want you to pay attention and listen. Number one is this. Number one, not being prepared to receive. Number one, you not being prepared to receive. Now, in the natural world, we know that when you plant the right seed in the right soil and it gets the right amount of water, it's 100%. It's going to work every time. The right seed, the right soil, the right water, it will grow every single time. But sometimes you may plant some seeds, the right seed, maybe even in the, uh, in get, you get the right amount of water, so to speak. And you've got some of the ingredients there, but nothing seems to be working. Nothing seems to be growing. Well, you could say, well, what's going on here? But I'm telling you right now, you need to know that if you're going to get the results that you need, planting seeds or whatever the case is, you've got to take care of that soil. The soil has to be right. You've got to cultivate it. You've got to fertilize it. You've got to plow it up. It has to be soft and ready to receive. And in fact, Jesus alluded to this when he talked about the parable of the sower sowing the word. He said, hey, he went out and sowed the word. Some seed fell on hard ground and it didn't work. Some seed fell on thorny ground and it didn't work. Some seed fell on some rocky soil and it didn't work. But that exact same seed planted by the exact same farmer when it was planted on the soft, good soil, it it recovered a crop of 100 times as much as had been planted. And so one hindrance that sometimes keeps us from receiving healing that the Lord has promised to us is, is your heart in the right position to receive the seed that is being planted from the word of God? And it's always just, it's amazed me, it's astounded me, how come we can have two different people sit in the exact same church, hear the exact same sermon, and yet get two totally different results? 
the exact same seed was sown. They heard the exact same word. What's the difference? When your heart is prepared, when you've got a soft, prepared heart ready to receive the seed of the word of God, you are going to get some incredible results in your life. And, uh, you know, so I can tell you, man, the people that are in here all the time, you know, I see you, you're here on a Wednesday night, you're here on a Sunday night, the people that are coming all the time, the people that are paying attention, that are listening, that are taking notes, it is the easiest thing in the world to pray for you. I'm like, man, they've got a soft heart. They're ready to receive. Then you, I'm, hey, you see some people, they come into church, they're playing games on their phone while the preaching's going on. You don't raise your hand. We know who you are anyway, but just, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Walter, it's not you. It's not you, right? All right. You're checking your fantasy football scores. Shame on you. You shouldn't do that. Listen, that's, hey, it's almost here again. We know. We know who you are. You don't have to raise your hand. But but I'm telling you, it, it, you could be in the exact same church service, and, and then you get mad. It's no fair. I was there. The same preacher laid hands on me that laid hands on her. I was in the same. I'm there. The exact. How's your heart condition your heart is the soil the word of god is the seed and the seed's perfect i will never doubt the seed never is the seed the problem when we're talking about the word of god it's the incorruptible seed amen it's perfect you can't change this there's nothing you could do to improve on the seed but you could improve the soil of your heart and that's why one guy sitting right here is listening and taking notes and receiving the word of god faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word and by the time it's by the time we lay hands on him he is so prepped and ready to receive the word and receive the miracle that boom something happens somebody else is eh, i'm doing my grocery list have you guys checked out groupon this week they've got a deal on the trampoline park in redlands come on somebody and and and, and then you wonder why you're not getting the results hey it could be me i mean you know, i'll take the blame for you but listen i know it's not this it could possibly be the condition of your heart. And so let's look here at Matthew chapter 7. Please, Matthew chapter 7. And so the number one way to prepare yourself to receive is by listening and absorbing the word of God. That's the number one way to prepare your heart to receive healing in your body and receive whatever miracle you need is uh, to receive and absorb the word of God in your life. And, you know, you notice a lot of times we usually we pray for people at the end of the service and not at the beginning. I've been to some places where they'll, they'll pray at the beginning, and that's fine. But I want to have saturated you with the word of God for 30 or 40 minutes before I touch you and lay a hand on you. I want your heart to be ready and for faith to have been built up. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, hey, pray for people at the beginning. And, and of course, we would do that. But... One thing you'll notice about Jesus in the New Testament is very often, not every time, but very often he laid hands on and healed the sick after he had done some teaching. Jesus taught the crowds, no doubt about it, and they were, they were amazed. Look at this, Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. And so I'm going to go right from Matthew 7 and read right in to uh, Matthew chapter 8, because you realize that it's all one thing, right? Uh, when Matthew sat down and wrote his gospel, he didn't write 
chapter 7. Now, I think I'll do chapter 8. He didn't divide these up. We did it later on in later centuries for reference. But anyway, so I'm just going to read from chapter 7 right on into chapter 8, just like it's all connected because it is. Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his what? His teaching, he had just taught, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. I want a teacher, and I want a preacher that preaches with authority. Amen? And that's what Jesus was. Large crowds followed him, going right in, right into chapter 8. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and said, it is not my will for you, my child. Some people, it's my will, but not for you. No, he didn't say that. He said what he always said. Oh, I'm willing. It's my will. And what happened? He said, be healed, and instantly the leprosy disappeared. But check it out. When did this man get healed? He was in this crowd, right, that had just listened to Jesus teaching with real authority. And what happens when the word of God is taught? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. I can tell now that I'm going to have to go fast, all right? Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Another... uh Very, very important thing to see right here. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Check it out. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area. What did he do there? Teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news, the gospel about the kingdom. And then what did he do? He healed every kind of disease and illness. How many kinds of diseases and illnesses can Jesus heal? Every single kind. And he did all this, but he did it as he was teaching and preaching and announcing the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then he healed them all. And so one hindrance to healing is your heart needs to be prepared to receive. You need to prep yourself to receive the healing. Can you understand that? Does that make sense? You got to prep yourself on your end to receive the healing. And I've, I reference Kenneth Hagan a lot because he's, well, I grew up listening to him every day because that's what my dad did. Then I went to his Bible school in Oklahoma for a few years. So he's been fundamental in my life. But he used to do three or four, sometimes five week long crusades and, and, and healing meetings. But he didn't just lay hands on you as soon as you walked up. He would lay hands and pray for the sick like on Friday night after people had been hearing the teaching on healing night after night after night. By that fourth or fifth night, their faith was so pumped up, their hearts were so ready to receive that they received healing when hands were laid on them. You need to prepare yourself to be able to receive healing, all right? Number two is this. We're talking about Hindrances to healing. Number two is doubt or not really expecting to receive. Now, you need to come to church every single time expecting to receive something from God that day. Amen. Now we come for, you know, to, to have a great time in worship. We come to serve God himself. We come to be around the brothers and sisters. We come to, you know, you do all sorts of things, but you need to You need to expect to receive from God every single day, really. And it's a hindrance to your life 
if you are not expecting to receive. And and I'm telling you right now, doubt is a killer. And and nobody likes to nobody you know likes to talk about that, or nobody wants to say, well, he probably didn't get healed because he was doubting. And I I'm not going to say if somebody was doubting or not. That's between them and God. But you cannot deny the fact that if we're doubting that he's going to actually do something for us, chances are it's not going to happen. We have to really believe that something's going to happen. There has to be faith and there has to be a belief. And people are like, well, I don't know. God can do anything. That's a really cool statement. But the, if you want the absolute truth, God cannot do just anything. <gasps> You didn't say that from the pulpit. I just said it. Well, Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says that God can not lie. There's one thing he can't do. You realize that it doesn't say God won't lie. He doesn't like lying. No, God can not lie. The book of Hebrews says it's impossible for God to lie. The book of Psalms says that God can not lie. Well, yeah, but he can do it. If he could do anything, he'd make you be nice to people. He'd make you serve in the nursery upstairs where there's 500 babies. Come on, somebody. Listen. Hey, help me out here. I'm just telling you right now that there are things that God's not just going to do and overpower you. Amen? He does not force his blessing. If God just did anything, he would force everybody to become a born-again Christian and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Peter put it this way in First Peter. He said, God is not willing that any should perish, but that everybody should receive eternal life. Yet we know that some people perish. Some people do not receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, and the fact of the matter is some people go to hell, but it was not God's will. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants everybody to be saved, but you need to realize the power in your power of choice. You don't realize how powerful your power of choice is. You chose to come and sit under the word of God tonight when you could have been at home watching America's Got Talent. I mean, or whatever it is. I don't know what you watch. I mean, some truck driver show. I don't, whatever it is, you. I don't know. But listen. Listen to me. Hear me out. You made a powerful choice tonight to come out on a Wednesday night and hear the word of God. There's other people that they didn't make that same choice, right? We're not putting down on them, but... But you made a great choice tonight, and you're hearing the word, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. There's a lot of things that I've discovered in life that I can just flat out, you know what, I am going to choose right now. I'm not going to let that person offend me. Listen, if you're someone that gets offended all the time, I've got something good for you. You have got a lot of power and choice. You could just straight up choose to not be offended. Well, it don't work like that. It ain't that easy. It is. It is. There is power in your choice. Yeah, but I mean, I just, uh, you could choose to open up your Bible and study healing scriptures and have powerful faith for healing. Now, Jesus isn't going to open up your Bible for you. You're going to have to do it. There is power in your choice. And the fact of the matter is this, though, is that Jesus is not going to come and enforce healing on you. When you're full of doubt and you're just like, I don't know, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to receive that way. Look at Mark chapter 6. Turn with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And here we have a story of Jesus in his hometown of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Now, Jesus was born in 
Bethlehem, right? Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Yes. He was raised on the mean streets of Nazareth on the west side. Amen. In West Nazareth, born and raised on the playground. Jesus spent most of his days, right? He was out there. He was out there. He was out there. Make no mistake about it. He was out there. But here's the deal. Jesus, he was going everywhere, man. He was with his disciples. They were going all over the region, town after town, seeing the dead raised, seeing demons cast out, seeing the blind healed, the lepers cured, the deaf hearing, and the dumb speaking. He was doing miracle after miracle in all these towns, and then it comes to a screeching halt when they come to his hometown of Nazareth. Look at this, Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. And you're like, man, if there's anywhere that they're going to receive Jesus, it's going to be in his hometown because, hey, there's no place like home. There's nobody like your family. But that is not what happened. Verse 2, the next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue, just like he's always doing. He's teaching. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, wait a minute, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. Don't be a scoffer. Then they scoff. He's just a, he's a carpenter. The son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Isn't that crazy that even now you can go and be, I mean, you can preach to people, lay hands on them and out there in the world, but then sometimes you come home and they don't want to hear it. Your own mom and dad, your own brothers and sisters, they're like, we know you. You used to eat out of the flower pot back there by the sandbox. You don't know about, what are you talking about? And they, and they just give you a hard time. And Jesus said, that's the way it is. Look at verse five. And because of their unbelief, He could not do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Does verse 5 say that Jesus would not do any miracles or that he could not do any miracles? Look at that. These people right here brought the ministry, the healing miracle ministry of Jesus Christ to a screeching halt. Why? Because of their unbelief. This had nothing to do with Jesus' capabilities. Same Jesus that was back there in the last town. Same word. Same teaching. Same. All the ingredients were the same as they were in the last town. But when he comes here, these people literally stopped this in the, in his tracks. Wow! There is an insane amount of power in believing in Jesus, and there's an insane amount of power in doubting and not believing in Jesus. Listen, you don't understand this. You're looking at me, right? You don't understand it. It doesn't say that Jesus wouldn't do any miracles there because they didn't. It says he could not do any miracles there. What about you in 2021? You think Jesus is going to come, I know you don't believe, but I will force this blessing down upon you, whether you receive it or not. I don't care. I'm going to force it on you. He could not do any mighty miracles. 
back there in Nazareth, and he could not do them in Barstow, California, because I just didn't believe it. I wouldn't receive it. I, I just, I, I know it said it. I know he's, he's back there healing people over there, but I just, I can't, I'm, I don't think he's going to do it for me. That is powerful, that statement right there, that he could not do any mighty works. And so the actual Greek rendering of that says he could not do any mighty works except to lay his hands on a few sick people with minor ailments and heal them. So, man, you know, little Timmy got healed of a toothache there, and that's the best we could pull off. But in the last town, we saw people with leprosy instantly healed. We saw blind people. We saw dead raised. But in Nazareth, the doubt and unbelief brought the ministry to a screeching halt. You need to check yourself, right? Check yourself. Number three, we're talking about hindrances to healing. All right? There's a lot of things that we could list here, but... Number three, and nobody wants to hear this, nobody wants to say this, but it, it is the truth, undealt with sin. Undealt with sin. Now, uh, the, the book of Joshua, just, you can just write this down, Joshua chapter 7. I don't have time to turn there, but go read Joshua chapter 7 later tonight when you get home before you turn on, you know, whatever show you're going to watch. <laughs> and so, so undealt with sin. And so, Joshua chapter 7, it, it, the whole book of Joshua, I love it, chapter 6 Man, they get over there and they take down the mighty city of Jericho. And if you, as you study Joshua, they take the whole land of Canaan, city after city. They're just on a crusade, wiping out all these towns with these evil people and saying, get out. God promised us this land. Victory after victory. I mean, battle after battle, town after town. The Israelites, this army is kicking butt. They are dominating these people, but it's really interesting that in chapter 7, the next town on their list is a little town called Ai, and and it's not even a big town. Joshua says, this town's so little, we're not even going to send the whole army. He sends, it says, two to 3,000 men, and so they just send a little group of guys, and they go to this little tiny town after they've been taken down, giant cities. They go to Ai, and they get their behinds kicked by this little country. And they, the, the army of Israel comes running back. Oh my gosh, they get chased away. And they're like, what just happened there? Joshua is so devastated. He's crying out before God. Why? I thought you were for us. I thought you were with us. And the Lord says, I'll tell you why you can't win the victory this time. There's sin amongst you. There is sin in the camp. He's like, what? So you reverse and and rewind back to chapter 6. As they're destroying the city of Jericho, God tells Joshua to tell everybody, hey, as we're decimating this place, and they dominated it, it was a whooping. Nobody take any of the spoils. Don't take any of the plunder, especially the gold and the silver. Don't take it for yourself. They're saving this back for God. We're going to dedicate this to him. Do not touch it. Do not take the silver or gold. But there's this one guy. There's always one, right? This one guy named Achan. He's like, whoa, hey, look at these silver and gold cups. He takes silver and gold, hides it, steals it. It was supposed to belong to God. You do not want to take what belongs to God. That's just, come on, that's just a good word for you right there. You don't want to take something that belongs to God. And so he takes it back to his place and hides it. And because of his sin, 
the entire group paid the price and got their behinds kicked. And so what happened? Well, a, a gnarly thing happened. You can read it on your own time. Let's just say Joshua and the Lord, uh, they took care of Achan and removed the sin from among the camp. Then they went back to Ai and leveled it, all right? They took care of business that time. But they were winning victory after victory, and sin in the camp brought the victories to a screeching halt, just like the doubt brought Jesus' healing ministry to a screeching halt in the book of Mark. And so there's something interesting in James chapter 5. Can we flip there, James chapter 5? James chapter 5. But we, we've got we've to examine ourselves. And, you know, I, sometimes we've got to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, right? And sometimes you've got to eat what's good for you, not what just taste good right then you know what i'm saying and so tonight we're giving you some word and some feed that is really good for you tonight's that green smoothie right that that green it, it may not be what you wanted to taste tonight but it is really what you need to hear james chapter 5 and verse 16 it says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what Deal with the sin and then pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer, I like the King James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, I know people all the time that will just simply quote the second part of that verse. Man, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen, brother. Well, the first part of that talks about confessing your sin and dealing with your sin and then hey you're open to pray for healing and all sorts of great stuff and then we hear about the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man now again not everybody likes to talk about sin and and stuff like that but it's just the fact of the matter it could save your life if we talk about the things that we don't want to talk about sometimes because when you know the truth the truth shall set you free amen you got to know the truth though that's another verse people misquote Hey, brother, the truth will set you free. That's not what Jesus said. He said, and you shall know the truth, and then the truth shall set you free. You've got to be told the truth. Amen? And so if you're here and you need healing tonight, I want you to come up and confess your sins into the microphone. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. I just wanted to get you. I wanted to see that look. All right. Some of you that were dozing off, you're like, oh, what? What? He said, oh. All right. Hey, that's between you and God. But anyway, that's something that you need to take into consideration. Number four. Number four. Talking about hindrances to healing. Number four is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Yeah, you talk about that a lot, Pastor Dave. You're darn tootin' we talk about that a lot. Because there's very few things that'll wreck your life more than this. I mean, I'll probably talk about this every sermon I preach for the rest of my life. Because it is a killer. And I see people in 2021, the whole world's falling about. And you're sitting here holding unforgiveness against somebody. God used me. In the end times, Lord, hey, take me to the battle of Armageddon. I want to be on a white horse with you. And, yeah, you're tripping over something that happened to you with your fellow Christian brother or sister. You're not ready to fight the devil if you can't even take care of business amongst your own Christian brothers and sisters. You don't, don't, don't be asking to get out there into the heat of the battle. You'll get melted. You need to be able to forgive. All right, for the second time, throw this on the screen. Galatians 5, verse 6, and the King James says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but what? But faith which worketh by love. Your faith works by love. 
You, man, you've heard us say this a million times if you've been here, but your faith works by love. And there's so many people that, man, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, but it's not going to work if you don't have love going in your heart. And unforgiveness will straight up stop the healing. It'll stop the prayers from being answered. I, in fact, I don't, I'm not even going to throw all this up there, but as I was just reading about this earlier, I saw tons of medical studies. One was from the Mayo Clinic about how even scientifically powerful it is. And, 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 and when you actually forgive somebody and get bitterness out of your heart physically, it releases healing into your body. I mean, even scientists say that. Somebody that's all stressed out and anxiety and, 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 and bitter and, and frustrated and all this, they, I mean, they've got all sorts of health problems. And even non-Christian doctors will say, oh, yeah, there's powerful healing involved in forgiveness and letting things go. And so I just, I, again, we don't have time to do a full study on this, but mark my words. If you want to receive healing in your body, you need, you need, to, you need to walk in forgiveness. Look at this one real quick here, too. I'm, I'm, I'm hustling. I'm trying really hard here. Uh, look at Matthew chapter 5. Check this out. Matthew chapter 5. This is a serious, serious thing. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, verses 23 through 24. And you also need to realize that God is love, right? And, and, uh, and, and God forgave you, and he forgave me, and he forgives. And so we, we can. We can do this. Matthew 5:23 So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Why? What do you do? You go and be reconciled to that person and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. And what is all that talking about? You need to have things right in your heart with other people before you come in and try to get a miracle from God, before you try to come in and lay it all out on the altar. Jesus said, hey, you need to go reconcile and deal with some of these things with other people. And I, I and you know all about this because we talk about it a lot, but it's the truth. And, and, and so some people are like, yeah, well, it's easy for you, but for me, it's really, really hard. And I want to go on the record as saying, I understand that it's harder for some people. They struggle more with anger and bitterness and uh, temper issues than some other people do. I get that. But guess what? Jesus still isn't going to change the standard for you. We're all held to the standard of the word of God. Saw a study the other day on how different school districts across the U.S. are lowering the bar academically because they think it's unfair to different student groups. And listen, whatever, but God is not going to lower the standard for you just because you struggle more in that area, because you struggle in this area, but somebody else struggles in a different area, and God's not going to just lower the bar for everybody until you can attain it. We're all held to the standard of his word. And what we're talking about tonight, I'm talking about, I want to see you healed. I want to see you healthy. I want to see when the devil tries to bring another wave of sickness across the world in America and, and, and Barstow that Every single person in this room, they are prepared for the battle before it ever even gets there. And it bounces right off of you. Amen. So that's why I'm going to talk about this stuff. You need 
to get forgiveness in your heart. You need to deal with it, and you need to not be so sensitive and offended all the time. There I said it. Now I'm going to move on to number five, all right? My last one is this. Number five is pride. Pride. We'll talk about that. I'm humble and proud of it. Well, there you go. You got a problem. You got a problem right there. No, listen, this is too big of a topic to go into tonight, but, but I'm going to address it real quick because pride is a bigger issue in your life than you think it is. And if you're sitting here thinking, like, he doesn't even talk about this with me, I mean, then we're talking to you. This is for you, and you need to hear this. Because basically any sin in our lives is an offshoot of pride. We're telling God that we know, uh, we know something's wrong according to your word, but I know what's best for me, so I'm going to do it anyway. That's pride. Elevating like, I know, I know you said this is wrong, but hey, I like it, and I like it a lot. You're elevating your own wants and desires above the word of God. We're telling God that we know you're saying one thing, but I'm going to choose to do things my way. Even in the area of unforgiveness. There's more power in your choices than you think. Hey, hey, it, it came after me. It's not like I wanted this to happen to me. Of course you didn't. But you do have the power to choose to do what the Word of God says about things, whether it's hard or it's easy. And, you know, I just see pride holding healing back from so many people. Some people won't come up for prayer or call for the elders of the church because their pride says, yeah, people are going to see you up there. People are going to think this. The preacher's going to think this. And some people, they care more about their pride than they do about getting healed from what's trying to tear their life apart. You're just protecting your pride, you know, petting it, keeping it as a, you know, stroking your pride, stroking. And, hey, you can hold on to that, but you're not going to hold on to healing at the same time. Pride needs dealt with some people won't forgive or apologize to somebody because of their pride and their health is melting away and wilting their kids are getting sick their household is afflicted with sickness every other week and that well i pray i i uh, I, I hear the word and 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 but is there a pride issue in your life look at james 4 6 we can look at a dozen verses but there's simply no time james 4 verse 6 james 4 verse 6 says, and he gives grace generously. Does God, I mean, he's just stingy with the grace? No. He generously gives grace. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so somebody that's living in pride and and arrogance and, and, and just simply has too much pride to lay it down. And do what the word of God's saying to do, to call for the elders of the church, to go and forgive somebody, to go, you know, Jesus told one guy, hey, go dip in the river Jordan seven times. Some people are like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. I'm going to look dumb to everybody. What am I going to say when they ask? Tell them that Jesus told you to do something and you're doing it. What if Jesus tells you to go do something right now and then you're going to receive your healing? I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. Your pride is worth more to you than obeying your master than obeying Jesus, you really value your own ego more than Jesus, that more, more than your own healing, it's a serious, serious thing. And I found that most people don't think they've got a pride issue, but more people have it than what you realize. And it's, it's a real deal. And so 
I'll close out with this. I don't know what the coming months, you know, and all this are going to bring. All I know is that we're in the end times. And again, I say that every day. And some people listen and some people roll their eyes. But I'm just getting real. The Middle East is melting down. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Pay attention. It is the end times. I don't know what the months are going to bring ahead. I know that, hey, I'm surrounded by God. I've got his angels surrounding and protecting me. So I I refuse to live in fear, and I do not live in fear. But I'm also not going to open the door to the devil and deliberately put hindrances into my life that allow him to put sickness and disease upon me or my household. The best time to prepare for an attack from the enemy is before it comes. Before it comes. And so I encourage you tonight that out of what we talked about, there are hindrances to our healing and to us receiving blessings. We listed five tonight. You need to sharpen yourself up. Well, I've never felt better. I've never been healthier than I am right now. The perfect time to study God's word and get strong. Because the enemy will come. I'm not making a bad confession. I'm not being negative. But the he tried to come to Jesus. And tempt him. He tried to come and mess up Jesus. You don't think he's going to try to mess with you? There's your pride again. There it is again. Shoot it. Do something about that. But listen, the enemy will come. But if you're already prepared in advance, you're going to fight him off and win the victory. Amen. All right. I better shut up. We're done. Let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead. And wind things down here for the night. But I really pray that you've been listening to and taking notes on all this healing teaching. As I've said before, I don't, I haven't taught much on healing out of my 14 years of full-time ministry. Because my dad's got it, man. He's like the PhD in healing teaching. And so I haven't felt like I've needed to do it much. But, but I'm really glad to be uh, doing it. Uh, this is, again, this has been drilled into me. You don't, may not believe me, but I, I promised you. My parents, the first Bible verse I knew was 1 Peter 2.24 in the King James. I knew that before I knew John 3.16. And it's a good thing that they planted that because when cancer came to a three-year-old, I, you know, I wasn't, didn't, you know, fight that all off on my own, but they were so prepped for healing. They were so prepped for miracles that it was incredible to see Jesus bring healing so quickly. And we've always been prepared for this because of the word of God. Amen. And so I encourage you here, I encourage you if you're listening online, if you go to a church that doesn't believe that Jesus is the healer, I hate to say this, but find yourself a new church. You need to find a church in 2021. If you don't have a church, if you've got a church that thinks that Jesus is the source of the sickness and not the cure for the sickness, you're going to have a rough time in the days ahead. You need to know what the answer is. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to, I said I was going to stop. I'm going to stop now. All right. Praise God. Can you raise your hands so I can pray for you tonight? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org. 